I'm Sarah. And we're getting to the end of a 52-week challenge trying to get rid of Sonderlist in my own life and find happiness. As part of that, I've gone through lots of different challenges. And as we near the end, we've got like two months left. I find myself, well, burnt out. I'm not burnt out just from the challenges. I I was burnt out because of work, because of uh, outside work, because of all the different ways that I'm pulled in a million different directions. And so because of that, I went on renewal leave. That's something that's unique, I think, to ministry, or I think school teachers sometimes get sabbaticals. But renewal leave for me was a scary proposition. And actually, as we speak, I'm in the midst of it. I'm also in the midst of packing up my first house that I've ever owned. And that's been hard too. Because renewal leave was such a challenging thing for me, I called one of my really good friends, Jonathan Martin, and he gave me incredible advice, and I wanted you guys to hear that. So last week, we gave you the first installment of that conversation, and this week, here's the second. If you're just catching up on the episodes, let me give you a little history of who Jonathan Martin is. Jonathan Martin is a former pastor, although in many ways he's still a pastor. He speaks a lot and he preaches at lots of different churches. He is an incredible writer. In fact, his book that he has called How to Survive a Shipwreck is still one of my favorites. Jonathan is incredibly talented at speaking and communicating. He's also incredibly talented at helping his friends work through their deepest and darkest and hardest things. So with no further ado, here's the rest of my conversation with Jonathan Martin. I'm about 20 minutes away from uh, this just incredible beach, and I I drove there, met my friend, and like I said, we ran the beach, and then we did a workout, and then we sat and kind of stretched and did yoga, and it was this incredible moment because she shared with me this very vulnerable story, Mm. like this very like, I've never told, there's like four people in the world who know this, but I want to share this with you. And instead of me going to pastor mode, I had a similar story that I have, like, there's very few people who know this about me. And I turned and I just shared that with her. Mm. And it felt like such sacred and holy space. And it was funny because we both, when we left, we're like, I love you. I was like, I love you too. And it was just this, like, profound moment where we had shared these, like, these big stories, these shame, these things that are no longer shame anymore because we brought them to the light, but the shame that kind of was in both of us. And so she says, you know, we got to figure out your rhythm that you want to do. And as I'm driving away, I'm like every morning, 630 in the morning, I'm going to be at that beach. Oh, wow. No way. And then I go, but I plan to go to this thing. And I said, I would do this thing. And I said, and so like tomorrow I have a 915 appointment for a massage. And (laughs) I was like, how can I make sure I get that time of the beach and it's going to take getting there at six. But I just think there is so much sacred space for me. It's water. It can be a huge lake. It can be, it can be a river. It can be whatever. For whatever reason, water to me brings me to that place where it's just like, oh, this is a rhythm that I want to maintain. And it was funny because I was telling her all the things I wanted to do. And my, my friend is actually my health coach, but in this moment, she was just being my friend. And so I was telling her like, oh, you know, you and I have been working on my morning routine and I want to add this thing and this thing and this thing. And she said, no, 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 it's too much. She's like, keep what you're doing, keep doing it. And if you want to add in meditation, great, but don't add in. Because I was like, and then I could write a thank you card to someone and I could blah, blah, blah. Oh. Like just all this stuff. And she was like, no, 
stop because even like my performance, uh, I wanted to perform even with my renewal leave. Like, and it's two days in and the attic is trying to like get that hit of like, what can I do to make other people like me? Come on. What can I do? I love people. It's great. And it's like, it's not that it's bad. I think the sin of it is, is when you turn it into, I don't know, like you turn it into this way of making other people, including God, like you. Like if I do all this, then maybe they'll like me. That's so good, Sarah. I feel like you're tapping into something that I wish I had heard earlier too, because see, in my mind, it's really hard to separate the idea of any sort of um, routine or like any kind of discipline. I automatically turn that into like some kind of like legalism. Cause that's just, those are just default settings for me. It's like, Oh, it will become like, I need to do this or that for God to like me. And so I think, you know, so I think the way I've kind of handled things in the past is that when I do get some kind of free time or space or even try to take that, that I need, I can just end up because I don't replace any of my unhealthy patterns and routines with new healthy kind of routines, just floating and just kind of getting lost in my head and paralyzed by all the things that I could be doing but then I'm not. And so I feel like it's taken me a long time to really get the place to like, Hey, you know, when I take this kind of intentional space, I may still need like really need desperately need some sort of like rhythm, but you know, there's a way to have rhythm and there's a way to have certain routines that don't have to be legalistic. They can be life-giving, you know, and really wonderful. Cause as you know, I think like the idea is that we really do need some kind of fundamental rewiring well, you know, we can't do that. I mean, I, you know, by just kind of, I don't know, I, as much as I think everybody needs time to just be aimless and whatever, too. I just know for me in particular, because I remember even when I did take my actual sabbatical, I thought that's part of what happened. I just didn't know what to do with myself. And, you know, it's, it, which was okay, but I think what I really needed was to develop some new rhythms and habits that would have been really healthy and life-giving. Instead, I just like I did a lot of sitting and staring and feeling paralyzed and bewildered, you know, so. Well, I like, I feel like I got set up for it. Like, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I was like already making the connections of the people who are going to step in and be like, I remember when I told my health coach, hey, I think I I got this renewal leave, you know, given to me so I I can take time off. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with it. And she was like, okay, here's what I need you to do. Write out three, like, what is the intent? Why are you doing it? Because if it's just like, I need a vacation, like Sarah, you've been on a vacation before. There's a difference between renewal and vacation. Because I was like, maybe I'll go to New Zealand and Australia because I've got friends there and it could be great. Blah, 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 blah. I love the accents. I should go. Um, She was like, no. (laughs) Like, I just was starting to like fill all these things. And it's not that those things are bad in themselves, but like, what I realized is that I was avoiding sitting. Yeah, that's right. And avoiding like stillness mm-hmm. and avoiding like I know where my moments where I feel close to the divine are. And it's always when I am, it's first thing in the morning, and I'm not a morning person, but it's first thing in the morning. It is when I am quiet and still. It is when I'm sitting by the beach or water or whatever, or just somewhere intentional. So I've got to get to that spot. And I drag my feet and I, you know, like today I I felt like I engaged in some holy play. I took my favorite thing in the whole wide world, which is my dog. And him and I went to his favorite beach. And even like 
I can't describe to you the joy. I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but taking my dog to the beach, like it's like giving him his favorite thing and watching him delight in it. And he loves to swim and he loves to play, but he loves to chase me. And so we play chase. Like I run after him. He runs after me. It's like the, I don't know how this dog is so smart, but we play tag and people watch us because it's the weirdest thing to see a dog that actually likes to play tag. But it's like this weird delight that I don't have anywhere else. And Tenor does not know Pastor Sarah. Tenor only knows like his owner who is going to always protect him. And I think, I feel like it'll take several, I mean, it's day two, right? It's going to take me a long time to decompress because even now, like today I had lunch with a good friend of mine because he's going to help me with the Kickstarter stuff. And I was just like, okay, here's all the things I need to do. And then I left there with just this rock in my stomach. And I'm like, here you go again. You're not going to learn anything from this if you don't stop. Stop. So I would love to hear from you if you don't mind telling me. What are your, like, as I've read Shipwreck, there's so many good things. But what do you feel like are the, obviously adding a, a rhythm or a pattern has been really helpful for you. What are some other things that you feel like got you out of a shipwreck? Don't give away too much of your book, though, because everyone needs to read it. Yeah, that's so nice of you to say. Well, you know, it's funny, like, even you talking about your, you know, your dog at the beach, because I'm sitting here in Nashville with my dog, Stella, curled up right beside me. She's the snuggliest dog ever. I've got her for three years and uh, got her when she was a puppy. And, man, I just, it is interesting how just, like, the love of an animal kind of returns me to that place like that just that simple sense of delight and wonder and i, I feel like you know, like time with her is always it's funny i think like, but I, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily a small thing and there again i like you don't have you know biological children or anything so it's like this is just very so i thought there's something so so very grounding about that and i was just reflecting even when you were telling them, i'm like yeah i mean i feel like that's <laughs> that's a huge practice for me is just kind of like being with my dog and just sort of like that you know which says your dog just doesn't care about who you are does no. church doesn't have an ecclesiology no he uh, does not care he cares not <laughs> all those things are so great but you know i think like in terms of um getting through i just i, I guess the other thing that was just a consistent through line was just having to learn to depend on other people in ways in which i'm comfortable because like I still you know if I if I go see a therapist then the first thing that's coming to my mind is like I want to be their favorite patient you know what I'm saying like I'm oh <laughs> yeah so one of the reasons it took me so long took me so long to figure out that I had any sort of like mental maybe I have ADHD or maybe I have OCD is because the game I played with every therapist I ever saw was trying to make them feel good about how good they are and making me feel better. Ah, interesting. Wow. I remember being in college and I was, there was a season right before I discovered I have OCD, um, which is like often cross-diagnosed with ADHD, I just discovered. Um, And I had, I mean, I had lost 16 pounds in two weeks. I was, I was tiny. I wasn't eating or sleeping and I was just go, go, going. And they took me to this, like, counseling service at my, (laughs) in my college. And like, for me, it was all about like, how can I look the best? Like, how can I look like I have already learned the lesson? What is the lesson? Okay. I can sit in this chair. And 
I remember wanting this therapist to feel so good because he was just finishing out his degree, which is why I was going to him because he was, you know, still part of the school. And I wanted him to go tell all his friends, like, guys, I have healed someone. I wanted him to have that moment. So, like, I spent the hour every week just being like, here's all the lessons I've learned. And without you, I never would have learned all these lessons. Wow. That's so <laughs> Which is why it took me like falling apart for me to like actually go, maybe I do have a problem. Well, I think that's the thing, you know, is unfortunately sometimes as much as I think it's great when people can to be proactive about some of these steps, sometimes you can't, you know, you just can't be dependent until you have to be dependent. But I still feel like, in terms of just survival for me, that became like key is just like being able to articulate things that I really do need and in ways that aren't, that did go deeper than, you know, that sort of like ego and image management of just kind of like, Hey, like, no, I really need help here. I'm not, I'm not okay here. And just kind of come and depend on people. But who wants to do that? I mean, of course it doesn't come naturally, but it's, I think it's, it's such a, such a, a desperately needed spiritual practice even. Well, I think I've been most surprised by, I would always start telling people that I was going on renewal leave with like, oh, they're making me do it. Oh, that's interesting. You know? <laughs> and the funny part is, is like, no, they're not. Like, yes, it's been suggested, but I didn't want to be the bad guy in it because I knew that, I don't know. It was like, I was afraid people are going to be like, why is she, you know, because we, why is she going? You and I both have and I know you had also when you were a pastor of the church, I have a career outside of the church as well, as far as obviously still being pastoral, but I'm a speaker. And so, um, and I see that as part of the church because it is in some ways our first encounter for some people with the church is that they hear me at an event and then they show up. So it is still the church. So a lot of people are like, you're gone a lot. You're gone like once every other month or you're gone once a month. And the truth is, is like, they think it's a vacation. And I'm like, oh no, I'm working twice as hard because I'm still managing the church workload and I'm crafting these talks to give to people that I don't know at all. That's right. So it's a really weird, I need, I feel like I need to justify myself. Like, like as if someone's going to be like, oh, that's Sarah. She never is here, you know? Yeah, it's like, it reminds me of, I think that was on now and where I read that first, like this idea that part of what can be uniquely unhealthy about life and ministry is that, you know, when you have no real boundaries between your work and your play, sometimes it means your work isn't as productive as you'd like it to be, but your play isn't really play either because all those, all those lines are so fluid. So you kind of have to always be just sort of generally on, you're kind of on call and you're available and you're kind of coming in and out of all kind of random tasks that you have to do. That is it. It's like, I never feel like my off time is my off time. And it's so funny because a lot of people have reached out to me, which is so great during the season. Like, Oh, Sarah, finally I can just take you to dinner. And I've had to actually say, I can't go to dinner with you because you go to my church and whether you feel like it's work or not, and you're not expecting anything of me, but I won't be me. I'll be me because I believe in authenticity and ministry, but I won't be in the full me. Like I can't be mess. I don't want to be messy in front of you, you know? Right. But you know, it's, it's, there's some of those things that's been so hard for me to get some of those relationships. That's just kind of like, that is what it is. No matter what you try to call it. Cause how many people think are going to say, Oh, well, no, I don't want you to be 
my pastor. I just want you to be my friend. Well, it doesn't matter that you declare that. That's a wonderful thing to say. But yeah, it's just so not sweet. possible. You know? It's not. <laughs> because we met in that context and because – and now I just have to figure out if I can disengage that part of me. Yeah. Right? Because I'm trying to figure out what I'm addicted to. So it'll be an interesting – I still have – you know, 28 more days <laughs> um, to figure that out. But it is, yeah, I would, I, I feel like there is that like, okay, how can I be authentically me? How can I also, because um, I don't even know that I'm honest with myself sometimes about where I get my worth from. And so just me being me, like I wanted to tell people today as I was like, sitting on the beach with my dog in the middle of the day. I wanted to tell people, I have a job. I'm just like, I'm on vac- I'm taking time off, but I have a job. I'm not like, I just want everyone to know I'm not a housewife. I just want everyone to, like, I was like. Oh, that's so funny. I had this like sense of like, I need to justify myself in front of these people that I will never see again. I didn't say anything, but I had the thought. <laughs> Don't judge me. That's hilarious. <laughs> so what are other things that you would say would be like super important for people? Well, uh, you know, I feel like so many of them, I feel like you're, you're kind of encapsulating even without uh, stating them explicitly. I mean, the very fact like with your beach thing about like going outside, I just think going outside is huge because we're just, we're just not in touch anymore with created things. So we have no sense of scale. We have no sense of perspective. I feel like the general kind of message that our technology gives us is that we're large. The technology kind of says you're in control and we're really not in control. So we're very, we're very detached from just like the reality of the earth of creation and of created things. So I think like literally actually getting outside and cause see, that's the other thing, Sarah, that's like is uniquely complicated that this is all still early enough to where we don't just don't have this much literature about this, especially not particularly in ministry, but all our technology we do know is rewiring and changing our brains. So where does that factor into all this? You know, like mm-hmm. just the needing that hit constantly, you know, because there's a lot of just everything that's sort of released in us when, you know, when we, there's a ding or like a tweet, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like that stuff, that stuff gets so compulsive too. So I feel like now it's like we have all the, we have so many more things that we can have, uh, you know, neuroses around than what we used to. And so how to separate even that stuff, you know, like, man, oh, it's just not, I just, I feel like right now it makes things uniquely challenging. But all to say, I feel like disconnection in general is just so, is so necessary. Like being able, you talked about, I loved your talking about your assistant uh, and the whole thing about her, you know, changing your email password. Like, cause I do think really being able to unplug where people really can't get to you, even if they quote needs you, is is an important thing to experience. Well, and for me to experience the fact that, like, the world keeps going. So today, right. the guy that I met with actually works at my church. And I was like, hey, um, we are just eating. And I was like, how are things at the church? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, what? He was like, it's fine. And then he took my phone and he, he was like, hey, um, I want to talk to you about something. I said, what? He goes, why have you watched all the Instagram stories about the church? Oh, that's funny. And I was like, I haven't. He was like, yes, you have. And he gets me the taste of the I was like, well, they like scroll past when I'm looking at the other ones. He's like, nope. He takes it and he like unfollows all of the church media. And he's like, oh, that's funny. You do not need your hit, Sarah. And like, you know, it's like, well, I'm not that bad. Blah, 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 like fighting with him. And he's like, you're that bad. And I was like, Ugh. but I think it takes other people or like 
I think sometimes even why I do things on the podcast is that I'm hoping that other people cannot get to that place where they feel like they have to take a whole month off just to reboot. You know, and even in that, if I'm honest, you know, in the middle of it, I'm actually going to be back at my church. Oh, that's interesting. In the middle. Like yeah. to preach or something? No, not to preach, but there is a, a forum that we're doing that is uniquely one that I can do. And it's a, a really important series that we're doing where we're having tough conversations. And it's about LGBTQIA beyond just inclusion. What does it look like? Right. And I'm like, oh, I don't want anyone to mess that up. So in the middle of it, I have to come back because actually the guy who's covering for me, that was a week he couldn't do. And so in the middle of it, I'm coming back and I'm like, Sarah, that is like, that is such a crack addict. <laughs> like, you, yeah. you, I have to go back. And then I also, my conference asked me to preach at this or speak at this thing called the School of Congregational Development. And I just didn't feel like I could ask. I felt so much shame to ask um, not to go, but I have, I feel like I've done okay with saying like, okay, but I'm only going to be there when I'm speaking, which is not something I ever do. If I'm speaking in an event, I'm usually there for the whole event. I just, I believe in that. And so it's like, I'm just going to come in, speak. It's probably not going to be a very good talk. Like I've worked on it a little and then I have just put it away and I will not look at it again until like a couple days before and just craft it a little bit. But I just, and I'm like, oh, Sarah, even then you can't just walk away, you know? No, I totally get it. And it may even be important that you have the experience some in this, because as much as we want to say, well, other people can be empowered and they can step up and they can, all that's great. But, you know, it may just be that some balls get dropped. And I think that can be an important experience, too. Like, you know, to, for, for something that you take your hands off of to not go well. And that's, and see, like, oh, well, that's not the end of the world. <laughs> Because it'd be great if it was like so long as you withdrew yourself. Oh, everything's going to be awesome. It may not all be awesome. And that's still okay. And we're still good. That's right. We are still good. Well, I'm really grateful for you, for your ministry. Um, I know that you're speaking now a lot. And I love that you're even like investigating what would it be like to go back into a local church. Um, I think it's really helpful for me. I just want to say a huge thank you um, for you doing it publicly. Um, because it has been beyond just our friendship, it has been such an encouragement to see someone who still loves the church because so many of our friends don't feel like it's necessary anymore. Um, so I'm really grateful for you. And I'm grateful just to have a friend that I can call and I feel like you get me. <laughs> I do. I do. It's like, I'm telling you, not just like today. I mean, anytime we talk, I'm always like, oh man. Like, so I understand more than I want to sometimes in terms, of, I just feel like our wiring is so similar. It's like, good grief. This is like, this feels like my my counterpart over here in California. Doing all this. I know. A whole different cultural scene. I'm like, oh, I recognize every bit of that. But no, I just, well, not to just uh, nod my head or something, but I'm I'm just so grateful for you. And I love that even with the podcast that you're, that you're living out these questions because I feel like, you know, you are doing that in a legitimately open-ended way. And it's one thing to kind of say, hey, I'm going to live through this. And when I come out on the other side, I'm going to tell you all what I learned. But it's another thing to let it unfold in real time. You know, I feel like that's part of even why shipwreck has the sort of feeling that it does to it, because I felt like a real sense of imperative that I needed to be capturing a lot of that while it was happening, as opposed to waiting when it was all done and looking back over my shoulder. You know, I think that that's what really gives people permission to go on a journey. My favorite part of all this is I'm in the midst of this and, you know, we have a lot of listeners, which has been incredible. And we were support on Kickstarter. I mean, it's amazing. It, I, I started this journey just thinking like four people would listen, including my parents. And it's been like huge. I mean, but, uh, 
I, I was called into the publisher that I wrote my first book with, and they asked me, um, this is like four months ago. So I'm in Nashville, and I'm meeting with them, and they're like, hey, we want you to write a book about Sonderlust. And I was like, and they're like, and we can, like, if you'll just give us a proposal. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, I think Sonderlust may be a book eventually, but we don't know where it is going. <laughs> like, right, right. It could be a horror story. Uh, you're like, you're wanting me to like tie this bow around it. And it, it could be like, and then she moved to Latvia and never was a pastor ever again and like realized she hated her life. I was like, this is not, you don't want this yet. And I don't even know that I want this yet. But like the performer in me was like, yeah, how can I already challenge people to like really learn from Sonderless? Like, no, it's inauthentic to the experience. So we'll yeah. see where it goes. That's exciting. Well, I just, you know, I know it's, I know it's headed places that are good because of like just being this courageous with your own soul and your own issues and approaching things this vulnerably. There's just, there's no way that doesn't land at a place of being more whole, more integrated and more just kind of settled in your own skin. So I think in that regard, it has to go someplace good. But, you know, part of the good news is, you know, I don't think that God holds people hostage to do things and, you know, it may be that you continue in your vocation exactly the same way that you have before. It could be tweaked in any number of directions or whatever. But I just think, you know, you, you like you said, you're engaging, you're engaging the process in a way that's truthful and honest. And I think that's that's all that faithfulness needs to look like right now is just to be true to where you really are and attend to the moment and trust that. You know, that uh, Deschardins poem, the whole thing of trusting the slow work of God, like just over time, that those things are going to make themselves known. And you'll see what you need to see when you need to see it and know what you need to know when it's time to know it. But in the meantime, you're you're here and just, you know, showing up to your own life and being present to it. And I don't think there's, you know, more that could be asked of, any, of anyone or anything that could be braver than to really do that um, from a from an open heart. So I'm just so, so grateful for your journey and certainly for your friendship. Oh, well have an amazing night. And, um, thank you so much for taking so much time to talk to me. I appreciate it. And don't be surprised if you get a phone call tomorrow and I say, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to the office. Anytime. You know, hey, I, I, I would get it. I could be that call. I, I could be that. Like, I feel like, like an AA sponsor, I'm the right person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the ministry addiction kind of continuum. So, <laughs> have an awesome night. You're amazing. Okay, you too, Sarah. Thank you. I am so glad that at the start of this renewal leave, I got a chance to talk to Jonathan Martin. And I hope no matter where you're at or what you're going through, that you, my friends, my Sandra Lust listeners, and fellow, I guess, challenge takers, are learning something. I think there is such a gift of slowing down and I'm still in the middle of my renewal leave and it hasn't always gone great. And I have today had a particularly stressful day where it feels like I'm actually failing at renewal leave, but I am glad. I'm glad that I took the time to look around and slow down at least a little bit. I have no idea what's on the other side of this time, but I am really grateful for it. All right, so what's next? Well, I promised you I'd work with a dating coach and I'm going to do it. By golly. So listen in next episode to probably what I think for sure is going to be our most awkward episode yet as I get coached on something that most humans can just do. Thanks so much for listening. This episode was brought to you by Jay Sowell, a Sonderless listener and supporter on Kickstarter. 
Thank you to all of you who supported us on Kickstarter and get us way past our goal. We are just finishing up the last of the incentives, so be checking your mail because they'll be coming your way soon. Thanks for all of your support. We are so grateful as we continue to journey together and try to get rid of Sonderless. Sonderless the Podcast is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was edited and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at CM Studio. To find out more about them, visit cmstudio.co. Sonderless website was created by Alex Maldonado. The theme song was written and performed by Daniel Roberts. You can visit us anytime at sonderlessthepodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates and exclusive content. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Most importantly, leave a review. It's a great way to spread the word and help people find the show. So until next time, thank you so much for listening and keep looking for your bliss. Bliss.